Hello, everybody, and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world, and I have to deal with them, except not at the moment, because we're still reviewing episodes. Um, this week, we were looking at the finale of Flux, uh, The Vanquishers. I'm so sorry, everybody, that I'm putting this episode out so late. I have actually had a couple of people um, ask me where it is, which is, which is unheard of. It's been a bit of a chaotic week. Uh, the guest of the podcast had to pull out, um, unfortunately, uh, through no fault of their own. So you've just got me and Johnny uh, this week. I hope that's okay. We are hoping to get said guest um, back uh, at some point before the new year or just after um, for a, a acid reflux sort of overview episode. So I'm, I'm still hoping that can happen. Um, have I got any more admin for you? Bit of a negative Nelly episode this week. Um, so... Uh, sorry about that. Neither me or Johnny really uh, enjoyed ourselves uh, with the Vanquishers, I'm afraid. But um, we had some fun discussing it. Ne- nevertheless, there are going to be more podcasts coming. Um, I'm going to do some end of year stuff. I'm going to do some, yeah, as I said, some overview stuff about Flux. Uh, and then in the new year, I will finally get back to interviewing some more people for, for Galactic Yo-Yo. But I'm not going to make any solid uh, solid promises because I'm not sure exactly what's happening yet but more podcasts are on their way but for now without further ado I hope you enjoy my conversation with my co-host Jonathan Wolfish about Flux Chapter 6 The Vanquishers It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo Jonathan Volfish, my co-host. How are you, Johnny? How am I? Honestly, hungover. Are you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I said are you, as if it wasn't what we were talking about minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm recovering from a bad uh, dose of uh, indigestion. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I think I've got acid reflux. Oh, my God. We finally got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we guessed this this week. Uh, we did have a guest, but sadly, she has to pull out at the last minute. Um, so it's just me and Johnny. We might get the guest uh, uh, back next week um, if we're able to find an opportunity to do so and we discuss the whole series. Yeah, we thought it would be better to, instead of deprive you of an episode without, just because we don't have a guest, we'll give you a quick little rundown of what we thought so you can hear you know your daily your weekly dose of galactic yojo mm-hmm. as i'm now calling it it's my heart. are you it's are you galactic yojo shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> and then for our yeah as molly said maybe get a guest in for a, a full season review that we can do next week potentially cool yeah so um should we crack on with the episode let, review feels like some kind of galactic girl <laughs> 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 i've already done that bit 
Oh, okay. I was trying to imagine no. that's how the well, I've at this done point that at the start. It's I was imagining it more like Chibnall where you do the cold open right, and then suddenly fine. feels like I'm some kind of galactic loader. Galactic yo yo Galactic yo yo Galactic yo yo should have got you in to do the vocals on Galactic that. Galactic yo yo yeah. What do you think of my theme tune? Your mum listened to it and she was she was big into the theme tune. It was the only thing my mum commented on about <laughs> the episode. My mum listened to a whole thing. She listened to her own child speaking for an hour or more. Yeah. And she said, "Well, the music's nice." What did you What do you think of my theme tune? I like it. Do you? Yeah, I. You impressed by it? Uh, I don't want to say yes to you right now. <laughs> but you are a bit impressed. Aren't you? I'm going to go with no. It's quite catchy, isn't I'm, it? I'm going to go for my answer is no. Do I don't p- like it. Do you it. prefer my my version of the theme or Alex's version of the theme? Uh, which one would you like me to say? I'd like you to say mine. Alex's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, um, let's crack on. Oh, Alex did write a cracking theme tune. Oh, Alex's one's great. Listener, I'm not, I'm not do, do we want it Alex's back? Right, oh, in no, the com- right in the comments <laughs> if we want the one that Molly didn't write back. Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to ask you first. Was Alex the Murray Gold to your second Akinola? That is not a flattering comparison. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's the Delia Derbyshire to my Peter Howell. I wish I knew what you were talking <laughs> about. So Delia, you know Delia Derbyshire? Should I? She's like an electronic music pioneer. Oh. And she also happened to arrange the very first version of the Doctor Who theme. Okay, I think, I, I had a feeling this is what you were going right. to say. So I'm going to count and, that as yes, I um, didn't know that. Which is actually sampled, I think, on the on the current version. Mm. Um, it, I really love yeah, the current Sagan's theme, actually. Really if, if it's better than about like Gold's later versions, actually. I think it, it's it's someone I... I can't remember who said this, pointed out that it's it's sort of... It could really do with a an, a, a middle eight and just to extend it a bit because it's really... Like, every element of it's great, but it's actually over too soon. That's mm-hmm. its, its biggest crime is it leaves you wanting more. I they've played the middle eight a couple of times on the, yeah. on the, on the end credits, but yeah. But yeah, um, I love the theme. Peter Howell is the the bloke that arranged the eighties version of the theme. Okay. It's like way more like eighties synthy rather than yeah. analog synthy. Um, anyway, when are we going to get one played entirely on electric guitar? <laughs> well, we got the what we got um, the one for uh, b- before the flood. Is that oh the, the guitar version? Yeah, the true, rock version true, true, the true. Uh, anyway, we did. Um, tin whistle. No. Uh, I want you to give me your um, rough takeaway um, about this week's episode of Doctor Who, uh, The Vanquishers. The Vanquishers. My rush, rough takeaway. God. <laughs> um, I think what I'm struggling with here is an acute metaphor for what Chibnall struggled with, where after a lot of big elements that we could talk about at length in the previous episodes we've had so many strands that it's actually very hard for me to now sum up i i can't come to it because i'm sort of you're asking me for a conclusion on the conclusion I'm asking you for a nutshell answer and that that's really it's not really possible to provide one without omitting details like important stuff ultimately yeah i mean i think what i felt about this is actually the we got a continuation of of elements of flux that I really liked, which is the pacing. Uh-huh. We got a continuation of of genuinely creative ideas, which is new and fun. Like there was there was a lot of quite fun, exciting approaches. A particular favorite is, I think you know, if you do have 
three big plot strands going on. It's quite fun to actually have a Doctor spliced into three dimensions. I thought that was quite a cool idea. I enjoyed it. Um, what I think it, my overall takeaway, my, in a nutshell though, is actually the shallowness of the series was really revealed in that when we do get the answers, when we do get the way in which the answers are provided, actually you, you start to see um, a show that had no, Im- the, the thing that I've sort of settled on is like the way I'm phrasing it, it had no emotional story to tell. Yeah, it had no, it had no sense of aboutness is what I've always landed yeah. on with it. Um, yeah, my takeaway, I was asking you before, um, is this, was this better than the Timeless Children? 100%. I, 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 I think me, it probably it yeah, is. Yeah. But I, I think, actually, the things that made it better were superficial things, in a way. And that I, don't mean, I don't mean to say that in a... To denigrate it, really. But it's like, the things that made it better were... It was superficially more exciting. Mm-hmm. The acting was better, by and large. It there was were, funnier. It was, it was it much, was very much funny. funnier. The, the best thing in it, in fact, was the humour. Mm. But these things are... Like, the foundations were broken in the same way they were for the Timeless Children, almost mm. to the same extent. It was just that the, the way it was executed was more elegant. I actually think, in a way, one of my bigger issues is it, this whole season, and since the Timeless Child, we've had a big lore dump held over 100%. our heads like the swords of Damocles. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I'm laughing at my own <laughs> reference there. I think that's, that was such a... Um, and fundamentally <laughs> like at least for the timeless child we did get a law dump right and no matter like it may have been infuriating and stupid but like they delivered on it like what has this, this it's like if you're not going to give us a right so hell ben let's do let's give two stories here right hell ben hell and ben hell ben yeah. sort of promised law and then did not deliver, but that was the subversion, and it instead gave us a, a, an amazing human story mm. about the Doctor and Clara and the breakdown of their relationship and, and all of that stuff, and it's one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever, in my opinion. Um, uh, Timeless Children, on the other hand, which in, in it superficially is a similar story to Hellbent, um, doesn't do that subversion and instead gives us the law that we you know, ostensibly wanted from mm, it. Yeah. Yeah, they're very much two sides of a two sides of, of the a same coin. coin. Yeah. I mean even Timeless Children delivers a literal hybrid in mm. a way that uh, in a way that Hellbent does not. However, um the Vanquishers did neither of those things. What it did was a different thing, which is give us an action plot to wrap up what has been a cerebral story. Well it's actually the thing is, well, though, they've been telling us it's a cerebral it's, story. It's in the last season, it was quote unquote a cere- cerebral story. This season actually has been an action flick, and it's the it's only true, it's the true. only thing that where it's not been, if you really think about it, is actually whenever it gets until the most recent episode, lumbered with doing the Doctor's plot in all of this. Then you get moments of the Doctor talking to Tech about how much she cares about finding out the past, or she get the Doctor talking to a, an angel about how much she cares about finding out the past. It's only then that it has any implication that this is an emotional story, really. It's just, this is just diehard. You know what? I mean, we've had a go at Jodie Whittaker, and yeah. I'll, I will continue to have a go at Jodie Whittaker. However, mm. there is a sense to which, I mean, we've, talk, we've talked in this season a lot about how 
the Doctor is always the least interesting thing in any episode she's in, mm. in this era. And I think, actually, we can extend that to sort of Chibnall's approach, which is, I don't think he really understands what is interesting about the Doctor. He thinks that the Doctor is interesting because they're a Time Lord, mm. but it, when, it, when in fact the Doctor is interesting because of the way they interact with the things around them, right? Yeah. And and we got we got bits of that. Actually, I thought, I'm kind of contradicting myself a lot here because I thought in The Vanquishers was one of the best performances we've seen from Jodie Whittaker r- with some of the best dialogue from I, the Doctor we've I had from Chris Chibnall. I would say this is the best I've ever seen mm. Jodie's Doctor. Mm. I, I think easily. And, and, actually, the best, and the best written as well. It's a combination of some of Jodie's better acting and some of Chris Chibnall's better writing. I I'd actually say the a bit that I thought was potentially my favorite scene of actually Jodie acting as the doctor just in isolation like it's not necessarily my favorite scene that the doctor's been in but yeah like, yeah like actually as a, an example of Jodie being the doctor and, and it just really working nicely and it not being because I know everyone sort of talks about the moment that she kind of loses it um in Villa Diodati but I actually think there was it's it's sort of that's thinner than people talk about it's just agree her being cross which isn't that interesting but it was her talking to the grand serpent when he was torturing her and actually the way she uh, yeah i saw you chuckling there. yeah the way she sort of unraveled his plot and it there was there was it was clever it was witty you know what though it, it, that's because is is that one of those i mean it's a bit the, it's a bit the dialogue and it's a bit jody but it's also it reminds me of it reminds me of that moment in the witch finders where you have jody and Alan Cumming, mm. and she actually shines quite a lot there as I well. She needs, she needs good a, to act a good. Off. I mean, Swarm's been all right. Yeah, I did. Swarm actually. Who was it that said this? Was it Alex or was it Will who said we said Swarm's this camp like mm. wonderful thing? And then I, ca- I can't Will, remember. Who Will said was it. like, "What's camp about him?" Exa- yeah, it was Will then. I, I couldn't remember for sure. And he said actually, like he doesn't say anything quotable. He no, doesn't it's say true, anything it's snappy. True, it's true. He just at one point materialized and sort of leaned quite cool. Whereas yeah, whereas the Grand Serpent is a camp is probably a camper character. It's a camper character, and there's more to the performance. Yeah, I, I mean, I can think of two Jodie moments in this episode that I loved. That one, and then also when she's first dumped back with her friends, and she goes, "Yeah, Dan, mm-hmm. Jericho, old Victorian bloke." Yeah. Like, I thought there was some there was some really good, and when he when she was like, um. You know, you can't get a word in edgeways with uh, with uh, Joseph Williamson. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that dem- both those moments demonstrate actually that she, um, that the Doctor as a character, whether played by Jodie Whittaker or not, is at their best when in the middle of the action, engaging with the situation mm. around them, being whimsical in, at inappropriate moments. What they're not when they're not at their best as a character is when they're kept prisoner and being talked at by a villain which is exactly what happened in the timeless children and exactly what happened in the worst scene of this episode which is the one where azure talks to her about moral relativism oh for my five minutes god i i just what did we think about that scene johnny so you you've now seen it twice i've only seen it once so could you give me a refresh on what she said because she said some stuff so about she says oh she said i remember the line yeah. actually the line that cracked me up <laughs> which is she went i've looked deep inside your mind and I've found this deep inner truth about your character trait that the audience clearly won't have realized already. And it turns out, and then she said something to the effect of, you're basically a good person. Yeah, she was like, you're not, you're not most scared of yourself. You're scared of other things getting destroyed. And it's like, well, duh. Well, also, actually, that's at, on another level. What we had 
with the revival of Doctor Who compared to the classic Who is was the interiority of um the Doctor's inner world. It, it was very much the difference between uh, the New Testament and the Talmud. Suddenly, it's turned into a moral, like a moral character. You have suddenly <laughs> that it's was so stupid fun. fucking life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are we really drawing that comparison? Would you know, in the sense of which, like uh, between Judaism and Christianity, like the way moral sort of it goes in it inward. Yeah, totally. Like it's a more inward link, and so with there's a sense in Christianity that like God can read your thoughts. That as yeah, far as I'm aware, uh, is more, that is more that there? In, it, in more, it's about how you feel about it more than how you act about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the kind of a little bit of the switch in terms of how it's and that's a, that's a, an imprecise way of talking about it, but. The point I was trying to make is with Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, Russell Davis very much ran with this, was uh, actually the Doctor as a sort of an, in, an interior character with an interior world and an, and um, tragedy in their heart in a way that we didn't necessarily get in Classic Who wasn't a given. Um, and then for Azure to turn around and go, actually, it turns out you're not. You don't really have any interiority. You're actually just sort of a cardboard cut out action you're, character. You're just Peter Davison. You just you're just here to save the day. Yeah. Um you're you're an action man figure. <laughs> like And Jodie was like, Yes, I absolutely She was like, Yes, I am. And then Azura was all like, But why do you want things to be? And the doctor's like, Cause things being is better than things not being. And then she's like, But what about not being? And then it was she a was nonsense like, scene. It was the worst scene in the episode. Could you explain to me? Yeah. Swarm and Azure's plan. So in Doctor Who fucks. Um they seemingly uh there was a lot of right time, right place right? for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh this what's, is what's their goal? What do they want? Um I mean, Azure claimed in this episode that their goal was the destruction of all spatial objects. Is that what she said? She had an issue with space and was a fan of time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what that means, don't know. As if one could exist without the other. Uh, sure. I'm I'm willing to fuck with that. Okay, fine. Like, I, 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 I don't need to engage the part of my brain that has a physics degree to <laughs> enjoy Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, like, we, but I'm, I'm willing to fuck with that kind of stuff. What I do find is... We sort of realised the more we learnt about Swarm and Azure that they sort of weren't in the plot. And that actually what happened is Division did the plot. Swarm and Azure sort of rocked up around the time of that. And then a whole other thing that was sort of happening in the background was them dealing with time and space as a separate thing that never really gets going anyway. And we sort of briefly meet time at the end. We realised there was a whole nother big bad who we simply didn't we at the end sort of we have but by the way actually there's also this big bad and time is personified and and right so hang on so the division made the flux right yeah because um the the doctor was a a problem and they were like we'll just get rid of this universe just get rid of the whole universe right yeah, scrap it nowhere in the flood right sure okay we're mixing our metaphors here because that happened in the Old Testament. Yeah, no, no, but this is the thing. We've gone back to Old because we don't have interiority. Sure, fine. Chibnall's okay. writing classic who? Swarm and Azure, they want no spatial... Ob- they don't want any thing, uh, objects or any uh, physical thing. They just want time. They've seen the flux is happening. 
it's a great time. And we time. can take advantage of it. Okay, actually, here's another so thing. So, hang we on. Why did the vision, back in the day, yeah. when, when the Doctor is Joe Martin, why did they have it in for Swarm and Azure? Well, this is the thing. We actually know very little about them. We know nothing about it. And we know nothing about time. Right. As, as we're talking about the character time. And they're not going to tell us either, are they? So, like, we apparently, if this was important... We've never seen these characters again. Which it seemingly was... We actually had very little information on them. We d- we don't. They're not really related. I just I'm I kind of despair at. Okay, what was um, what was the Grand Serpent's plan? Grand Serpent's <laughs> plan. God, I'd kind yeah. I've sort of become. You're interviewing me now. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what's it was inevitably going to happen when there's no guest. Um, the Grand Serpent's plan was. I, n- I want you to explain. Gun to your head, you've got to explain the Grand Serpent's plan. So what happened is at some point, he was a beloved slash genocidal leader of Vinda's planet. Right. Slash group of... We don't know what or that whatever. is or what... It does because it really matters, but we don't really no, know anything about we're that. We're not, we're not going to find out no. more. We're not going to get more. And then for no clear specified reason... It's weird because Vinda knows about TARDISes, he knows about passenger forms. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, carry on. We might. We. I think we'll s- we might not think we'll see, see. I think we'll see Vinder again. Do you think we'll see Vinder again? I think we will. I hope so. I'd like to. <laughs> um, so the Grand Serpent then, for no clear reason, is not that leader anymore. Yeah. Just something happened. He's. We don't know what, what took place, do we? We don't know. There's. N- it's never even implied if it's a bad or good thing. I th- oh, I, th- I think it's strongly implied it's a bad thing. I wonder if it's literally just him going, well, Flux is coming for my planet. I I better jump ship pre... Like doing Elon Musk? Yeah, just like, all right, see a planet. I'm going to rock up. Earth's I got the, the impression he'd, the he'd be been on. like Viva La Vida. What do you think? Mm. He used to rule the world. Yeah, yeah. Sees the planet, he sweeps the, the streets he used to own. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics, but if you want to sing, I could do the. No, I think we'll give that a miss. Um, okay, so why? Why was he getting involved with the Santarans? What was? Why did he put the time into the unit thing? Was that him time traveling, or is he just really old? I think it was him jumping through right. time a How? little bit. By by what means? Just fancies it. But like, but. Is he from a time traveling race? Yeah, like he, what? He, he just fancied doing it. Okay, fine, fine. But what? Well, you, you don't need more explanation than that, do you? Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Time travel's not hard, right? Half the half the episode, people are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, I'm fucking exhausted trying to what? explain. Okay, Grand right. Stuff. That's that's enough. What was um? What was the Santarans' plan? Um, they they were like end of the universe. We they knew about the flux because their psychics had predicted it, right? That's well, what they said in they War of the Sontarans. Yeah, okay. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Like, I mean, I I I watched no, this. No, please finish. I watched this hungover, <laughs> and I think it's showing in my comprehension. My watching comprehension is okay. not great. No, okay. So what they wanted is they were it was that sort of pyrrhic victory thing of they wanted to rule over nothing. They wanted to be the last one standing, and that makes them the winners. Yeah. Um, and how did they go about it? Uh, they they knew that the center of the flux, the final flux event, would be Earth, I suppose. Sorry, I'm going to make an aside here. Final flux event, definitely something made up at the last minute, because Christian will realized too much flux had happened already, 
and he needed something for the characters to be worried about in mm. the last episode, right? Yeah, I mean, the logical way... Like, I, d- I don't even know what he means, Final Flux. He, he should have just made the Earth happen to be the last thing Flux would get. Yeah. Which, was it? I don't know. What actually... Because the Flux hit. This is the thing, actually. Hang on, hang on. The Flux was like... <laughs> seconds away from hitting Earth at the end of episode right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the final the shots... The get in the way, right? That's no, no, what no, happened. In the final shots yeah. of this episode, episode yeah. six, there's been a decent amount of time, I'm imagining, on these Lupari ships. Yeah. The Flux is only just reaching the Lupari shield. They didn't move Earth. This isn't a stolen Earth situation. So has Flux just kind of eddied around earth and just hung around for a while got rid of the rest of the universe except seemingly not the daleks or cybermen yet because they had time to pop up to then get eaten and is that universe left now this is a massive question at the end of this the story. is yeah yeah we it, leave the story everyone goes off exploring but exploring what because they don't reset the end of the universe right so like the implication is very little left of the universe so my I was because I, I, this this occurred to me, and I noticed, and it's it's probably just a, a matter of the night they filmed and kind of the way the light, like you mm. know, say the moon was out quite brightly, but there were no stars in the sky on that evening shot they filmed. In Liverpool, though, there's not really going to be a lot of stars anyway. So that, that that's a more realistic explanation, but potentially that's something Chibnall is aware of. It doesn't feel it like an it. interesting angle if for the next if for the next like three specials, there was there was like no universe and they have to sort that out somehow. Yeah, like that trying to find a way to go back to when there is a mm. universe. I don't think that's what happened. I think what's happened is I think Chibnall he's forgotten. forgotten that he's implied the universe is still destroyed. Yeah. Also, th- we're we're in a state where everything in Liverpool continued pretty normally, but actually they've had a Centauran invasion, a Lupari shield around them for however long, and the universe is potentially... Because what's, what's going on in, th- in that sense? Are we... Is this a very... Con- I mean, I, I guess it's that same thing where you just kind of have to bit of pinch of salt you with just that. Just hand wave it away, don't you? Because I mean, they've had a Dalek invasion last New Year's, didn't they? Yeah. You can't spend your life. It is what it is. About it that, is what you? it is. Um, but yeah, it seems like this particular one. You're like, well, is the universe still there? It also got me thinking about why is it called the flux? Like, I get, I get what it is. I sort mm. of get what the flux was. Yeah. But like. It seems funny that they didn't just give it a new name that is not already a word. Because mm. flux is a word that means sort of like something changing a lot. Variable, yeah. A yeah. variable. And that's not really anything to do with what the flux was in, in Doctor Who. I think Chibnall thought it sounded cool. I think so, yeah. But like I don't think there's anything greater to it than that. It, I think it was confusing because in Doctor Who there's always talk of time being in flux. Mm. But flux was actually more to do with space than with time. Was flux destroying time and space? Just space. I thought that's what the Ravagers were doing, which is sort of separate and incidental to it. Oh God, I thought they I were using know. the flux as a... <laughs> Jonathan, I don't <laughs> Molly's know. That, Molly's in despair right now, listeners. Um, okay. I think I've had enough of talking about plot mechanics. Yeah, I think... Should we talk about the characters? Yeah, go on. Fine. Okay, fine. There were there <laughs> were some characters. Can you in feel this. the tone in the room is the, so the, the characters in this week. We had the Doctor. We had we had Yaz. a lot of characters this week. We had three doc three Doctor times three. Three Doctors. Yaz, Dan, 
Jericho, um, uh, Claire, Claire, uh, Joseph Williamson, Kate Stewart, Kate Stewart, the uh, the the Grand Serpent, Vinda, Vinda, Bell, Bell, Diane, Diane, um, the Ravages, both ra- Ravages, Time. D- have I said the Grand Serpent already? You said the Grand Serpent. We also uh, had Time. Time. That's a sixteenth character. Uh, we, we didn't had get Tectoon. No, we had the Sontaran Commander. Yep. Um, who was who was important to the plot, and is that it? I think that's it. So that's 17? So that's a total of seventeen important characters. Yeah, yeah, there are a couple of other characters here and there. We but also had the guy who was killed by the Grand Serpent <laughs> to show. <laughs> I was just thinking of him. Yeah, yeah. we also had the the, the Sontaran who loved chocolate. Mm. But I think I think that's our core seventeen. Yeah, that's no fifty-five minute piece of television. Uh, television should have a core seventeen characters. No, oh my god! Like Kate K- Stewart did not need to be there, right? No, Kate Stewart did nothing in the plot really. She just sort of directed. Some like it was nice to, to have her there, but she didn't really do much. I, I really enjoyed seeing Steve Oram as J- Joseph Williamson again. Easy. He I wish we'd had an entire episode actually. this year dedicated to. Do you think if there was no COVID, we'd have had a Steve Oram I, episode? I think there must have been a Williamson Tunnels episode. episode. I'd have loved that. That would have been great. Because as well, his own the way he bows out as well. He's been in you know a scene, an episode, pretty much throughout the whole thing. He's in one scene. He's in one scene. He's in one scene, and then he kind of he never gets his big moment. He just more gets a thanks. For having yeah, done what he's I think done. we'd have got a Joseph Williamson episode, and and that would have been a nice because he got quite a sweet goodbye. You know what? We you know what we'd have fucking got? Mm. We'd have got a Joseph Williamson because I, I, I think if there was no COVID, we wouldn't have had flux. We'd have had a, a, a ten episodes, five of which were related to flux, mm. five of which were not. He would have been in the ostensibly. Un- in an ostensibly unrelated episode, yeah, yeah. Then in the finale, we would have we'd have found out what his tunnels were for, or he'd have been sort of on the side of that. He'd be adjacent to the episode, so he'd be he'd be the kind of boss that you didn't chat to very much. But there was another plot going on around, yeah, the, totally the, the Liverpool in the eighteen twenties. Um, and I liked his character. We didn't get much from him, but I like I like I loved the way wacky. it was he performed. Was, it was, he was so great, good fun. I enjoyed Jericho too. I didn't really get why he stuck around though. Like you could have easily done Yaz and Dan's whole plot with just the two of them. Oh yeah, Jericho didn't need to be there. Um, like I, I enjoyed having him. You know, his he was charismatic enough that it was nice to have him. But actually, from plot structure wise, you it was it was not. There's a lot of examples of this. So like, for any sane oh editor. shit, we forgot Carvanista. Oh yeah, Carvanista. Eighteen, 18 yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of instances here. I'm gonna name a few where. If you were script editing this, um, you would condense. So, um, Jericho, you'd you'd Cut. dispense with, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you you don't need him. Um, Swarm and Azure. Cut one, Azure. One character. I was I was thinking this all through. So I was like, what's what's the point? Was your wouldn't you? I mean, we also never found out why Azure was trapped inside some random yeah. Wo- I mean, Arctic that's, woman. That's a body. Qu- that's a conversation for another time, but. Like yeah, what we never saw that. Like yeah. w- like w- what? What was the point? And what was the warning about? Yeah, I mean that they got a whole warning thing. That was a relic from an earlier draft. But like, how did it make it this far? Anyway, um, just being able to so viscerally see that this is not po- like this is a first draft. Yeah. Um, Grand Serpent 
you could have got rid of him and had every everything he did could have been the Sontaran commander. Yep. You, um, you can find a, way, a different way to give Vinda his motivation. Yeah, maybe maybe Vinda's people were killed by Sontarans. Fuck it. Why can't Vinda know Swarm? Yeah, that would make way more sense. Why, why is Swarm not the baddie Vinda hates? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's like so condense, many... Condense, condense. Well, then I was saying to you, it, it would make more sense in my mind if um, Vinda had been the Doctor's companion, not Carvanista. Mm. Because... It, like it's fine that Carvanista was, but when you look at him in episode one in the Halloween apocalypse, like his the whole like dog is a man's best friend thing works really well, and like his role in that story is so nice and elegant mm. and works really well. Whereas the fact that he's like now involved in the Doctor's backstory and all this, like it feels like it was it was definitely thought of after. It doesn't feel conceptually. Um, cohesive well this this is the thing aspects of the character whereas it does feel conceptually cohesive for vinda to have to have known about the doctor's past especially if he then knows swarm in his version without the grand serpent right but even even if you keep corvinista what did he he's called carvinista i think i called him corbinista just there corbinista is like a fan of jeremy yeah yeah, i think that's i think that's what i just said um even if you keep it's it's when you condense this is the thing that condensing's for it doesn't remove plot it sounds no. like we're trying to remove elements but what it we're actually keeping it does, the elements but we, but we make room for things and and what you do is when you condense you spend less time introducing your new character for the next 10 minutes and you spend more time developing the character of the character you've already got yeah and so sure keep Corv- carvanista as the companion if you want but then say you've got rid of the grand serpent you've got time to actually go well, Carvinista's clearly carved up about um, the Doctor having left him all high and dry. Why don't we sort of actually make this kind of a, like a nice emotional beat of, well, now he's found his companion in Dan. And that sort of ties to the beginning. Yeah, totally. And and you can do that if you have time. But actually, what this episode clearly didn't have enough of was time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this episode didn't have enough of? Joe Bloody Martin. Joe, uh, Last week on the podcast, me and you and David were placing bets on how much Joe Martin we would get. We said not much, but we said some. Mm. How wrong we were. We said... Not s- a single second of Joe Martin action in this episode. Some became none. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we'll ever see her again? Uh, yes, I think we definitely will because... Um, in an interview, she'd said she's explicitly said in oh, an interview okay, put out cool. by the BBC. She said, "You'll see, you'll see me again." You'll see. We'll what's that from? Meet again. No, what, what's that from? You will see me again. That's um, Peter Capaldi in the thick of it. Actually, um, <laughs> he goes, "You will see me again." You will see me again. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say to you? Oh yeah, that was my other prediction last week. Um, or not prediction, but like question about this week was like, for God's sake, how are they going to find time for Sontarans? Mm. And the hilarious thing was... How do they find time for anything else? Because it was a Sontaran story. Who knew the Sontarans would be the vanquishers of the title? The Sontarans are the Tim Shaws of season 13. Like, it was only mildly The Sontarans all along. I, I, I just, like, I can't understand how someone could, like so wildly misjudge what their audience was expecting and wanting. 
Do you know what? I, I, I don't even think it's it's one of those things that's actually broken by concept. I think you can do it. It just, at, it was, it's it's this for me. It was the mistake of going. We're now going to spend all this time on the Centaurans when we've got so many plot threads that we need to tie up and we need to find ways to like give them satisfactory ends. And the biggest one for me, oh my god, we haven't even spoken about this. When we get this shot of the House of Lungbarrow. Oh my god, <laughs> is that what we're calling it then? Yeah. That house along with it. And the whole concept of the Doctor, who half of her motivation throughout this plot has been, no, I was about to find more. Yaz, you bitch, get <laughs> off me. I want to find out more of my canon. And that's like basically half of the Doctor's lines this season. Um, I think I quote. Um, and There's then some paraphrasing there. Nah, pretty much. Uh, and then suddenly we get to it. And we've got the watch. It's just like, actually, you're all right. I don't well, in know. Case, I think we'll we'll hear from it again. We'll hear from it again. But it's more just like, what is this character? Actually, what is this character's motivation? Yeah, what I mean, is she was the behaving motivation? out of character when she was wanting that info so much. We thought anyway. Oh, I thought it was out of character. But like, but it's been so consistent yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's her character. I like, think it's out of character this, for a doctor. Yeah, nothing in this episode really seemed to do the act of changing her mind on that she just seemed mm. to randomly change her mind it did a very classic tv and film shot of the person throwing away the thing they cared about at the beginning of the but plot. like it hadn't been earned yeah because he was just like why does she why, not when care? did she, she stop caring she sort of really really cared when tectoon was alive and the moment tectoon was dead sort of suddenly stopped caring because the bad guy sort of wanted her to care but mm, that was oh my god i've just realized another fix i would do to this script what would you do? I would make Carvanista the ood that was in the. Oh yeah, yeah. We we oh yeah, that was another ca- nineteen ood. Because so, oh true, yeah. No. So Car so Carvanista worked worked for the division, right? So you can connect it that so way. So you yeah. keep th- you keep that. You have him as, um, Tectayun's right hand man, unwillingly. Like begrudgingly, Tetsune's right hand man, much like that Ood. I'm actually imagining then him in a similar role to is it Chakantho in yeah, Utopia? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you similar give him, role. you give him those little, you know, because the Ood sort of had those little sympathetic moments with the Doctor. Yeah, you give Carvanista that, you condense that into one, and you've got more reason why Carvanista's trying to help out the Doctor because actually they yeah. sort of mates, they've worked out, you know. But he's like, "But you fucking left me here with Tetsune." Yeah, right. That works so much better. Yeah, I mean, I just. I, Can I we th- talk about some of the good things we that about it? Actually? Yeah, I've got really stuck in the mind of like how it actually just didn't make any. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Do anything. But actually, yeah, it was very funny. It was consistently funny. It was consistently funny in lots of different ways. We had the slapstick humor with the Santaran mm. and the chocolate. Yeah, and you know what? Enjoyed it. Yeah, Thought and it was like fun. good gags, like good one-liner gags, like the Paul Hollywood handshake line. Oh, that one threw it was funny. me. I it throws you, I, but it, I didn't it is see funny. them do it. I and I'm, I'm, do you know what? It's that thing, you, you know, the generosity of spirit that like changes the way you watch something. Like if David Tennant had thrown that in in a in a in an otherwise strong script, I'd I'd, I'd probably immediately loved it. But you're sort of your haunches are up when you have these weak like. Yeah, there was a moment in, where you were like, "What the what are they doing?" And I was like, "No, nah, it's quite funny." And you were like, "Oh yeah, I guess." You it almost is. have to remind yourself, guys, like, "No, that is funny." It's yeah. just because you're so used to like, you, you, it just ch- you, your haunches are up, and you're like, "God, what is this? Is incompetent script?" Mm. 
that actually you have to remind yourself that that is a genuinely no, but good joke. It was joke. funny, and all the characters got funny bits. I felt. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm bad at remembering these things. Um, th- th- it's harder to remember just because it's like little bits of comic flavor. But like John Bishop was funny as ever. John Bishop's always pretty funny in the role. Um, um uh, but and like as we said earlier, like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor got some of her funniest moments. I I yeah I liked Jodie Whittaker flirting with herself. That was fun. Oh yeah, what did we think of this? Because that was again like one of the best aspects of the mm. of the episode was Chibnall going, oh, I need the Doctor to be in three places at once. Why don't I just make her be in three places? Mm. It was the kind of galaxy brain thinking I like in a right. It was actually exactly the kind of creative decision that I think works for the show. Mm. And Absolutely, and and I liked it. I I really liked having the three Doctors working. I think I'd have enjoyed them working together a bit more. Mm-hmm. and uh, confusion and and I found yeah, it sort d- of actually only two of them met didn't they only two of them met and they very quickly established a hierarchy which was weird yeah it's true actually. there was one that was sort of just like well, there was sort of it almost felt <laughs> once again I've gone from praising something to hating it like you think that's an opportunity for loads and loads and loads of gags and, humor and, and confusion and, and uh, power struggle and you get a few sort of like oh you look cute you know mm. and that's good fun but then immediately you just had main character doctor and one listening and yeah, doing. Yeah, it's true. And just Chibnall loves an inert or like, companion, or like even when it's the doctor did. herself. He would give them. He would give the doctor a line, and he would just chop it in half and give the yeah. second sentence to the other doctor. Um, also, like the first thing you'd do if you if you were like making that w- would be to put one of the doctors like we'll have one of the doctors take their coat off mm. to differentiate them as characters much like the way in the big bang yeah um you know matt smith wears the fez and in um uh journey's end the other doctor wears the blue suit rather than the brown you do something like you'd have you'd yeah. have a take the take the jacket off and then it's very clear you which one is it, which you and you characterize them differently but they didn't do that and i, I yeah I, I felt as much like that as much as like that three doctors thing was one of the best parts of the story. It was also one of the biggest missed opportunities. Yeah, it it seemed like it's it's the point when the episode started walking, but it never ran with it. Agree, fully agree, fully agree. Um, I really liked Diane's characterization. Oh my god, yeah, uh, came out of nowhere, didn't it? She got very little. She didn't have many scenes. But I actually thought that was a really good example of an actor just adding a lot of personality to There's a character. There's been so much of that this year, though. I mean, her, uh, Vinda, Bell, um, all... I mean, even Carvanista, really. I mean, he's had some good dialogue, but like... Carvanista reacting to the death of the Lupari <laughs> just just with his eyes was yeah, actually really, really great. Really great. I mean, what wasn't so great was the moment where um, Dan explained... <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, uh, everyone he knows is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it. There was something very it, scouse about it. It was the sort of thing where you're like, yeah, you know when you, you have to explain why your friend's upset and you go, oh yeah, like he, you know, he split with his girlfriend last week or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, his entire people are yeah. jealous. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the same tone as, it, yeah, as yeah. if he had like a tiff with his wife. <laughs> I, I, want, I wonder if just at this point, John Bishop's watched half the universe be destroyed. Yeah, and he's, he's like, just like, yeah. Yeah, it was theirs. It was them this time. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, like there's a bit of PTSD maybe in that moment. The bit that actually, speaking of this bit, that I realised this is where the characterisation of Jodie's Doctor, and this is actually in the script. I actually, I, I know what you're going to say, and I didn't object to it as much as you did. I I noticed it, and I don't think this isn't a Jodie criticism. I think this is the way Chibnall writes the Thirteenth Doctor, is um, Carvanista, Carvanista, when he tells her about 
the you know the fact that they were companions and she just disappeared and there's such a lack of empathy in the character's writing so well the character just went well i didn't remember that i don't remember no, doing she, that. i don't think that's true because she didn't say anything yeah like she was shocked and then they cut away yeah and and actually later when his people died she made she did say something more than once she so said, I think it w- it was more just the doctor being shocked by this revelation, and then they cut away. Like we didn't get to know. It was less that, and I, it was more I just, just no. But I think that's still that ultimately that's Chibnall's. Chibnall's giving it a, a chance for two characters to emote together and to emotionally connect. That's a re- it was a huge emotional. But isn't scene. but isn't that the tragedy? Isn't that I actually no? I disagree with you here because isn't there isn't there a sense that that's the tragedy of that moment? Is that it would be great if they could connect, but they can't because the doctor, he can't give her the information she needs to be able to apologize mm. and understand the situation. She can't, she doesn't know either and she wants to know and she wants to help him and they're two, they're two people who want nothing more in the world than to help each other and can't and that's the tragedy but of this, it. But so, this, so the way you describe it, yeah, 100%, I agree with you, but this is the thing, this is the thing, the whole, the whole, because now actually we have the first moment in the episode where actually Carvinista is a much better means if we want to go with the whole thing of the doctor cares about knowing her past lives sure whatever but actually the stopwatch isn't emotive Carvinista not even being able to tell her what she did and how she broke his heart that's emotive and they didn't use it as an emotional beat though they used it as an emotional beat for Carvinista it wasn't an emotional beat for the doctor we didn't get any of this reflection from the doctor we didn't get the doctor go it's true you wouldn't, we didn't get a moment of reflection in Jodie's eyes going there's so much like I've I done I mean there's ways you can read into this because you can go maybe that's the moment the, do- the doctor stops wanting to know because I mean, that's pretty awful though <laughs> no but maybe that's the thing it's a, bad, it's a bad reflection on the doctor but maybe that's the doctor going shit maybe maybe I'd I done fucked up bad, mm. so I I, d- I actually I kind of don't want to know. God, that's a terrible character. Then that's a the, the doctor just sort of going like. But the doctor, the doctor is a, a bit of a coward. Like yeah. there's always a sense that the doctor's a flawed character who, who might, yeah, who might not want to know if they if they know that. They, but as you're know. looked inside the doctor, and the doctor's not a flawed character. Oh, true, true. The true, doctor true. has <laughs> no interiority. The doctor exclusively just wants things to go well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being too generous anyway, but you're, you're giving it a reading like there's depth here, and like and it's it's fully, fully it's been excavated of depth. Depth. We've been hollowed. We Williamson has been has been yeah, excavating. He's been off. mining for nothing. He's found nothing except for a character that vaguely wants to do good, which you know, well done. It's nice, but like pff, a bit boring. You know it? what's funny? We started this season. We had Summer and Andrew on the podcast. Yeah. Halfway through the episode, Summer had never seen Doctor Who. Yeah. Halfway through the episode, she asked us, is the point of the Doctor that she goes around saving people from aliens? Yeah. At the end of the series. And I laughed. Yeah. I laughed at Summer because, to me, that uh, as somebody who loves Doctor Who, that was the most obvious thing about the character. And that was like one of the f- that was why it was basic. funny that yeah, Summer yeah, said yeah. that. At the end of this season, what we learned was That's that the, the point of the Doctor is to save people from aliens. The doctor saves people from aliens. But yeah, reflecting on the episode, I didn't particularly like it. But I do still think overall as a series, I'm glad he tried something new with it. I think there's been, it's been such a different take. It's been such a fun ride to be on that overall, 
really like really really didn't stick the landing but actually the journey was fun and it was enjoyable and it was a good series it's easily totally. to me his strongest series yeah and i think yeah i think it it was a good experiment to do and i'm glad they did it yeah i'm glad i'm glad we have this as a sort of a thing that happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure um are we excited for the new year special um what did we think of the trailer for that we didn't get loads it's sort of daleks and ashling b mm-hmm. that's sort of all we know really i think it's a th- the idea is it's a time loop and ashling b and her and the other character are being exterminated by daleks over and oh. over did you just get that from that little there's a longer trailer oh is there oh, okay i didn't i didn't catch that um uh sure i think it's going to be um just sort of pretty similar to the other yeah like it, like you know cop some of those new i think it'd be fun i think it's gonna be an all right episode i think it'll be a solid six and a half out of ten nice nice what are you expecting what are you thinking yeah i feel the same way to be honest uh, I'm, I'm actually I, was, I wasn't sure if john bishop was sticking around i, I hadn't read about whether he was or not so i'm uh, it'd be good to see him in the Is special have we did we get a shot of him in the trailer oh yeah he's absolutely in it. oh so he is in the special definitely okay. yeah yeah uh i'm glad yeah i i wonder if he's going to be around till the very end then probably um and we don't know any more details about when we get the other two specials or one special. Well, we know we're getting the the other. We know we're getting one of them at the centenary, um, mm-hmm. which is in the autumn. I don't know about the other one. I think probably um, in the spring or the summer. I mean, they're the only other options, really. Hang on. So we're getting we're getting three specials, including New Year's and centenary. So it's nine in episodes in total. Uh, oh, it's eight episodes, isn't it? So it should only be one more. I think the Saint Centenary was announced as an extra one. Okay, I think. Unless we're not. When is the Centenary? Is it twenty twenty three? Twenty twenty two. It's twenty twenty two. Yeah. Which will be autumn, you said. Yeah. I don't know if we're getting anything else. I I, I think, think we are. I think we I are. Think it was eight episodes total. Let me find out. Hang on. So it's three twenty two twenty two specials. It says on Google. Okay. Oh well. Uh, According yeah, to TVInsider.com. TVInsider.com. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good. Um, I'm glad we get more. Eve of the Daleks. I've got to say, as much as I over enjoyed this experiment, though, this episode did kind of finally push the point home. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the end of this era, actually. According like to Wiki, sorry to interrupt you. According to Wikipedia, first special, first of January 2022. Second special, early 2022. Yeah. Third special, late 2022. Woo! That's the only information we have. And we know the directors as well. Oh, who are they? Uh, for the new year, it's Aneta Laufer. Have we had her before? No idea. For uh, early 2022, it is Haolu Wang. Have we had them before? No idea. Uh, I don't think so. I think I'd remember seeing that mm-hmm. name. Um, And uh, for the last one, it is Jamie Magnus Stone. Who we the, have had who before. Who we had from a lot of this series. Yeah, and this series, the direction in this series in general has been pretty good. And we know that we know that um, Bradley Walsh is going to be in the last one. We do. Yeah, we've seen him on set. Oh God, which surprises me a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm worrying that Chibnall thinks he's going to get away with an Amy Pond's facing the Matt Smith moment, and I don't think Bradley Walsh can sell that. Do you think he's going to try and sell a full like Doctor's Reward with characters from the Chibnall era? <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get Carl. We're going to get Angstrom and Epso. We're going to get Rosa Parks. 
We're gonna get um. We're what gonna was, get Nadia Khan. What was um, we're, we're Tosin gonna, Cole's friend who played PS3? T- we're gonna get Tebow. Tebow. We're gonna oh. get um the Pating. We're gonna get um the Thajarians. Uh, I couldn't remember any of the names I of the actual people in the that The idea story. of Jodie Whittaker's doctor Wh- regenerating <laughs> and sort of stumbling into Tebow. Yeah. On playing on the PS4. way or like on the way back because he's just been to CEX. Mm. <laughs> and he's just got a new game for his PlayStation, and she and she sort of go and she and the and Tivo's all like, "Oh, you're right, over there. It's like heavy night." And she, and she goes, "Yeah, something like that." He goes, "Oh well, I'm off to play this, you know, new copy of FIFA." And she goes, "Oh, you're in for a great year." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, they've really updated the player dynamics. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm gonna play it with my mate." Um. She's going to go play cards with Graham's two bus driver friends. Would love that. Uh, who else are we going to get? King James. Alan Cummings, King James. He's g- he's going to come back. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to get um, uh, Hannah from uh, It Takes You Away. We're going to get Greenhead, f- uh, father-son oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. duo. From uh, from Orphan 55. Mm. And, and Benny. And Benny. And Hyphen with a three. Do you think we'll get the frog back? Frog universe. Oh, absolutely that. Yeah, you're joking. Mm. We're going to get Nikola Tesla. Uh, uh, all ears Alan. <laughs> 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 We're going to get um, the fella from Praxius who um, had an off-screen death and nobody mourned his death. Oh, yeah. We're going to get... We're going to get our moon buddies. Uh, the moon buddies? <laughs> That's oh, the, from the Can cu- You Hear Me? No, no, no. <laughs> um, moon the, buddies? The, the couple that go up in the spaceship. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get them for I sure. Don't know why I call them the moon buddies. The moon buddies. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. Um, we're gonna get. Oh, the social media uh, gals. Oh yeah, absolutely. That the, inf- the, the, the bloggers, the influencers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get um, Koshamas. Oh my god, Koshamas definitely Koshamas in everything I watch these days. Because he's the dad in Dairy Girls. He's also the dad in Queerest Folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. If you need a sort of a vaguely old Irishman, mm. Co Sharmas is your Bob's your uncle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Co's your, your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I, I think I'm done. I think, how long have we spoken for? Almost an hour. Oh, fuck. Shall we, um, um, shall we watch uh, the personal history of David Copperfield now? I think we should. Bye, everyone. Say bye. Oh, Stop yeah, being like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good evening. Okay, no, you'll uh, see us again probably next. Here is again probably next week, and also uh, uh, at New Year as well. You can follow you. Oh shit! On yeah. Twitter Fuck. at Molly underscore Martian. Is that right? Yeah. Or you can follow the podcast at G- Galactic Yo or something. Galactic Yo Pod. Galactic Yo Pod. You can follow me mm-hmm. at. Jonathan Valfish. Yeah. You can um, email the podcast at galacticyoyo.gmail.com. Galacticyoyopod at gmail.com. But the email address is compromised. So let me know if you sent me an email. Let her know. Don't let me know. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) What else can they follow? You also, and this is crucial, Molly and I are doing a play. We're making a play. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so good. And if you don't see it, you're not allowed to listen to any more episodes if you don't come and buy a ticket. So follow the 
play company for more info on the tickets. How we do have you do that? At little <laughs> <laughs> at little creatures with a Z on Twitter and at little creatures underscore on Instagram. I did know that. Um, but until next time, bye 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 everybody. Bye.